Hey friends, welcome back to Real Talk with Rachel. I'm your host, Rachel Gilbert, and I am grateful and honored that you've chosen to tune in today. This show is a safe place you can come to hear relevant, engaging, and authentic topics to help you get real, live free, and pursue your God-given dreams. Today's episode is brought to you by Joymail, the monthly newsletter I release that's full of resources that deliver a little joy and practical action steps into your inbox and life. To sign up, simply head to rachelgilbert.com, click the Start Here tab, and sign up for the newsletter right there. Today's guest was one of the very first guests on my show, and I know you all are going to love hearing from her again. Her name is Holly. So Holly Girth is a Wall Street Journal best-selling author, life coach, and counselor. Her previous books include Strong Brave Loved, Empowering Reminders of Who You Really Are, Fierce Hearted, Live Fully, Love Bravely, and You're Going to Be Okay, Encouraging Truth Your Heart Needs to Hear. Holly co-founded Encourage, a site that received almost 1 million views in its first six months, and she co-hosts the popular podcast, More Than Small Talk. She also serves over 25,000 subscribers through her blog. Holly's passionate about empowering people, especially introverts, to embrace who they are and become all they're created to be. Today, I'm chatting with Holly about her latest book, The Powerful Purpose of Introverts. Both introverts and extroverts will glean wisdom from this conversation, so let's jump right in. Well, hello, Holly, and welcome back to the show. (laughs) Thank you for having me, Rachel. I'm glad to be with you again. Yeah, yeah, I had to go back and um, I had shared on my Instagram account that I was interviewing you and a couple of people were like, oh my gosh, I love Holly. And I was like, wait, I don't think people know that you've already been on my show once, but it's been like, I looked it up, it's episode 20. So for those of you who are listening who want to hear the first episode of Holly, that was episode 20. Um, And now we're back and you're going to be close to episode 100, not quite 100, but wow, congratulations. That's a big deal. Yeah. So we've come a long way since then, but um, today we get to talk about something different. However, one thing I've added since I last interviewed you is I now ask my guests, what's a random fun fact about you that I did not read in your professional bio? I am named after my grandpa. (laughs) His name is Holly. He was one of a bunch of kids born around Christmas and I got named Holly and he owned a Christian bookstore. So that's what made me want to grow up and be a writer. That's so neat. I did not know that. See, this is, and I actually (laughs) recently forgot to ask one of my guests. I don't know. I guess I just had taken, I took a break from podcasting over the summer and forgot that I normally ask that question. And I had people messaging me. They're like, you forgot (laughs) to ask the question. I'm like, okay, (laughs) sorry guys. Um, So today we're going to talk about your newest book, which I'm personally thrilled about. I actually have a copy of it in my hands right now. It's so good. Um, The Powerful Purpose of Introverts. I would love for you to just kind of talk a bit about the heart behind the book, and then we'll dive into the questions I have for you. Yes. Well, as an introvert, I didn't know I was one for a long time. I heard that word for the first time in college at a campus ministry meeting where they were talking about personality. And it was like a light bulb moment for me. Like, okay, I'm not the only one who processes the world this way. But I mostly understood what introversion seemed not to be, like that I didn't love small talk. And I realized there's this whole other side to the story, the most important part of the story that hasn't really been told 
yet. And that's about the strengths and gifts and God-given potential of introverts and that we are created intentionally as introverts and extroverts, that it's actually not really about personality at all, that it's about brain science and our nervous systems. And so all of that was so freeing and empowering for me that I wanted every introvert I could find to be able to know that too. Yeah. Well, I'm an introvert also. I'm finding, correct me if I'm wrong, because you've had more time in the Christian communicator space, but it seems like a lot of speakers and writers are introverts. Have you found that or no? Yes, I have, which you might not think, but actually introverts look a lot like extroverts for when, when we're in a role or supporting a cause that we really believe in. And so as introverts, we can absolutely step on a stage and give a message that we really care deeply about or put the time in to launch a book and put something out there that we've created. So Yes, a lot of that comes from turning inward. And so I think it makes sense that a lot of us are introverts. Yeah. And who was, I was talking to somebody recently and I realized, oh my goodness, I realized why I love podcasting so much because I get to speak and stuff, but I'm in my closet, you know? Like, yes. And it's one-on-one, right? <laughs> yes. It's not a huge crowd or a big table of people. It's not networking at a conference. So yes, me yeah. too. I when love, we, yeah. Love when one-on-one. we hang up, I'll be by myself again. And mm-hmm. you know, I'm like, okay, yep. I can do this. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's funny. Okay. Yeah. And I realized um, last semester in grad school, I took a class. It was just an assessment class. And we really dove deep into the Myers-Briggs and all that. And that was the same for me. It was total light bulb. It almost helped me feel like there wasn't something wrong with me. Because I remember being a little girl and always thinking, I would look to my older sisters and even other friends and think, I wish I could just like be the life of the part. Like, why can't I just be more like them? You know, it really bothered Mm -hmm. me. I'm like, I want to be. And like you said, I can be. Sometimes people are surprised when I tell them I'm an introvert because they are like, really? Because like you said, in certain situations, you wouldn't think so, but it's just definitely not how I refuel. So um, how about for you? When did you first, oh, you mentioned when you first realized you're an introvert, but Let's talk a little bit about maybe for somebody listening who hasn't heard what's up with an introvert and extrovert, like what's the difference? How are they? How are they wired? You want to speak to that a little bit? Yeah. So introverts, Susan Cain, who wrote the book Quiet, which is about introverts, calls introverts people who have a preference for calm, less stimulating environments. I would expand that a little to say I consider introverts to be someone whose brain and nervous system are wired in a way that means they're at their best when they can fully focus on one thing at a time, whether that's their inner world, someone they love, or a project they're passionate about. And so that is because we engage differently with our environment. We have nervous systems that are kind of like nets with small holes. So we catch everything, which is a real gift. It makes us attentive friends and great at details, diligent workers. And that also just means we reach our full point faster. Our net gets full and we need time to empty it out. So really that's what we're doing when we need to pull back and process. And so on the flip side, extroverts are wired in a way where they rely on some different brain chemicals inside of their nervous systems where they just are drawn more to those external high, it's dopamine is the brain chemical activities than we are 
but it really has nothing to do with how social we are or how much we love people. It's really just comes down to how we're wired and how that affects the ways we engage with the world around us. Yeah, that's so good. Have you seen um, in marriage, for example, both my husband and I are introverts. Is that normal to have or is you usually see one in the other? Often introverts and extroverts are paired. I'm married to an introvert also, which I think, even though it's rare, it's kind of nice because we can both introverting is a verb in our house. And either one of us has permission to kind of just say, okay, I'm going to go introvert now for a while and the other one gets it. So that is less rare, but it does have some benefits. But I do think in general, introverts and extroverts are complementary pairing. Like when I look at the creation story, there's so many complementary pairings, day and night, land and sea, masculine, feminine. And the more I looked into the more the research, the more I've come to believe that introverts and extroverts are another complementary pairing. Yeah. And I love this because you actually do talk a bit um, about self-awareness and how it's crucial to thriving. And I feel like, uh, and I would love for you to elaborate on this more, the more self-aware we are. So once we identify, oh, I'm an introvert and oh, I'm married to an extrovert or I work with an extrovert. When you get those two pairings, how important it is for us to become aware. So for example, if you're not married to somebody who's just like you, then do you have any advice for whether it's marriage or at work or whatever? They obviously they just they they're wired differently, you know, so there it can cause some tension and it can cause some if we're not aware and aware both ourselves and that other person we're dealing with. So can you speak to how when you're wired differently than other people, you know how to navigate that? Yeah, I think one of the most powerful questions you can ask is how can I love you well right now? Because we tend to assume that everyone feels loved in the same way that we do. So just pausing and saying, tell me what that looks like for you. Because it's probably very different for an introvert or extrovert. I even I talk about some self-awareness tools and even mentioned the the five love languages, which most of us are familiar with. But it matters not only that we know which language the other person speaks, but what volume they prefer to have it spoken in. For example, a words of affirmation introvert would probably love getting a note or being pulled aside by a boss or someone who says, hey, you know, great job. A words of affirmation extrovert might love getting pulled up in front of a group of people in the Monday morning meeting and, you know, getting all of that attention. And neither one is right or wrong, or they might want you to throw them a surprise party with 50 of their closest friends. (laughs) But those are two very different ways of feeling loved. And so if you flip those, you know, then someone with great intentions may end up not loving someone else in the best way possible, or may feel unloved by someone who truly does care about them. So I think just that one simple question, how can I love you well right now can add a lot of insight. That's so true, because you just hit the nail on the head. I've had those experiences of being publicly, you know, drawn attention to, and I would rather just crawl underneath the table yes. and stay there. I'm <laughs> like, oh my God, please don't. Okay, yeah. we're done now. That was enough, you know, but that's so, that's so good. I love that. It's just a simple question that does, it does take being intentional, but once you get the answer, then it probably makes the path of communication and relationship so much better. Yeah. I was even talking to someone recently who 
had also gotten an early copy of the book and read it. And she was married to an introvert and she's an extrovert. And I talk in the book about how introverts and extroverts have different emotions that they experience as happiness. And so extroverts tend to experience happiness as excitement and enthusiasm. And introverts experience it more as calm and contentment. And so she had been pushing her husband to do all these exciting, enthusiastic things. And he was, when she asked him that question, how can I love you well right now? He's like, I just want to hang out on the couch with you, you know, like, let's have movie night. And she's like, oh, we don't need to go to, you know, the amusement park or some big concert or something like that. And so I think just, yeah, even that, like knowing what does happiness look like for each of us and a lot of that can just come from that question. Yeah. So is that why amusement parks like totally give me anxiety? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I try to put my brave face on for my family and then I'll hit a wall and I'm like, oh, where can I go hide right now? I need a moment. Oh, it's so good. Okay. Now here's another question that people might be wondering. Can people switch in their lifetime? Because, you know, we grow and we change. Can you Can you navigate from introvert to extrovert and vice versa? Yeah, well, we're all on a continuum, if you picture that, from introvert to extrovert. But there is that middle line that I don't think we cross. I think we remain the same type throughout a lifetime. And research has shown that. They've done studies with babies that respond in different ways. The ones that usually grow up to be introverts are more high reactive. So they just respond more to what's going on. And so that's that's what's happening. And so, yes, I think we stay the same for a lifetime, again, because of that brain wiring and nervous system differences. Extroverts prefer a neurotransmitter called dopamine that kind of revs you up like caffeine. Introverts prefer one called acetylcholine that sort of settles you down more like herbal tea. Extroverts prefer the sympathetic side of the nervous system, which again is kind of that energizing take action side. Introverts prefer the parasympathetic, which is more of the focus, you know, turn inward or have that meaningful conversation with one person. And then we even use different brain pathways. Extroverts use a shorter, faster one. We use a longer, more complex one, which is why introverts really do need a little bit of time to process. But then when we do, that longer, more complex pathway goes through many different regions of our brain. And we take into account the past, present, and future when we do answer. And so those differences, all of us can use all of those. We can use both pathways. We can use both sides of our nervous system. We can use both of those neurotransmitters, but like being right or left-handed, we are naturally going to gravitate first to one or the other, especially for certain tasks or in certain situations. And so research does show we all become a little more introverted as we age. I hear that a lot from people. I'm more of an introvert now. So on that continuum, over time, we are all moving a bit toward the introvert end. But I do think that we remain the same type throughout a lifetime. Yeah. Do people ever get like even an extrovert? Do they ever get to a point where they, for example, if they work a job where all they do is are around people all day long, you know, do they kind of get to that point where they go, okay, I need to introvert now? You know, like, yeah. do we all have those moments where we kind of swap over? Yes, we do. Just like introverts have times where we're like, all right, enough with the quarantining. I'm ready to see my people. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's just how quickly we reach that. It's how quickly that net I mentioned gets full. Yeah. So, 
we definitely need both. And that's kind of influenced biologically too. There's two other neurotransmitters, oxytocin and vasopressin, that actually kind of determine how much time alone we need and how much time we need with people. Because God designed us that way. Like we're writers, you know, it, it's beneficial that you and I can spend hours alone doing our work and be okay. Whereas if God created us to be managers of a team of a hundred people, we would need a different kind of wiring to be able to thrive in his purpose for our lives. And so I love that really what research has shown is the amount of time we need with people and alone is kind of like hunger or thirst. We all have a different level of need and we can all kind of sense, okay, I need my people or I need time alone. What happens is we tend to override that. Sometimes as introverts, we say, no, I got to push through. I got to make myself do this or extroverts do the same thing. And then we end up not getting the specific thing that we need. So just knowing there's no one right way. There's no one right amount of either that it's very individual and we can just kind of listen to what that deeper part of us says about what, what's really going to help us thrive. Yeah. I love the science talk on this because I am a science and math nerd, which is kind of weird considering that I like to speak and write, but um, my undergrad was in physiology and I love though when science just proves like what we know to be true in God's word. Like, yeah. yep, here's all the things. Like, it's almost like we're discovering what's well, not almost, it is that we are discovering how God, you know, hardwired and then giving some just, you know, black and white answers for this is why you're wired this way. You know, it's interesting you bring up the quarantine thing a little bit earlier because I was talking to a friend of mine who's also an introvert. And she was saying how she's actually struggling right now. And I was agreeing with her that I am too as an introvert um, because we actually, like our kids are quarantined with us, you yeah. know? <laughs> so I'm like, wait, I can't introvert as hard as I normally do. Like what, you know? So how do you have any tips for somebody listening today who is an introvert, who is struggling? Like, and I'm asking, quote unquote, asking for a friend, asking <laughs> for myself right now. Like when you're struggling to find time to, you know, really get what you need as an introvert when you are surrounded with people and you are, you know, like, can you speak to that? Yeah, I think one way is to actually schedule it like you would a meeting, you know, even if it's just 10 minutes at a time. I found this quote by Joanna Gaines, who happens to be an introvert and is a busy entrepreneur and mama and doing all the things. And she said the rhythm that she uses is before she goes into anything new, she sits in her car for a few minutes by herself Mm. (laughs) because that's all she can get in this season of her life. And if she's not going as many places right now, that may look like locking herself in the bathroom for five minutes before the next Zoom call. And so I think it's okay to be creative but either actually pulling out your calendar and putting it on there or coming up with some rhythm that's doable. Like I am allowed to lock myself in the bathroom five minutes at a time before every new Zoom call, (laughs) whatever works for you. And then maybe a bigger block when you get the chance. But yeah. And then I think also just giving ourselves permission to say, you know what, this is not taking time for myself. This is taking time to be my best self for the people I love that it's not selfish, it's an act of service, and it allows us to be, you know, our strongest selves as introverts. Yeah. Um, You actually talked about in the book about nine specific strengths of introverts, and the first one was strategic solitude. Is that kind of what you're talking about here? Mm -hmm. Do you want to elaborate on that any? 
Yeah, I think everyone needs solitude. Introverts are naturally a little better at it because we feel that tug and we probably have more practice. But solitude is not social isolation. It's not just time apart from other people. Solitude is when you intentionally choose to be on your own for a greater purpose. So a lot of introverts I talk to say they actually feel really connected to God, others, and their their true selves, when, even when they're on their own in solitude. And solitude gives us room for reflection. It restores us. It allows us to act intentionally instead of reactively. A lot of times it's where our creative work comes from or problem solving. And so I think our world as a whole could use more solitude. And even when we look at church history for a long time, solitude was a very important spiritual discipline. And the emphasis has shifted more to outward activity, which I think there's value in those things. There's value in gathering in groups and the other things we do. But I think we have lost something by losing the practice of solitude. And so I love that introverts can model that, you know, and in the creation story, I, God said, it's not good for a man to be alone. And I think we can get confused about that. When you look at the original meaning of that word, it means living in separation and isolation. And that is completely different than solitude because solitude actually empowers us to live more connected lives. So I don't want introverts or extroverts to be afraid, you know, of taking time alone because it's actually something we're invited into by God and I think essential to our well-being. I love what you just said. Solitude empowers us to live more connected lives. That's such a great way to look at it. Have you happened to watch the show alone? I haven't. Okay. Well, you'd probably like it, but they basically, 10 people are put out into the wilderness and they basically see who can last the longest. And they're they're like, it's a, you know, it's a, uh, what do you call it, reality. And they're all filming themselves. But the thing that gets most of them, other than hunger, is the solitude. They they can't, like, they start losing their mind and, you know, like... Yeah. just kind of going nuts. And so my husband and I joke, we're like, oh, we'd be fine on that part, you know. <laughs> yeah. but I can I win would, that reality yeah. show. <laughs> so yeah, it's it interesting along that topic. Um, okay, so another strength of introverts that you mentioned is genuine influence. Do you want to speak to that a little bit? Yeah, I think influence has really shifted in our culture, especially the last year with social media and all of that. It used to be that influence was about having a position, like an official position, like a CEO or something like that. Today, influence comes from having meaningful connections with other people, which introverts are great at. We tend to focus on quality over quantity in relationships, and that's impactful. And so I often ask people, think of the most influential people in your life. And it's usually a parent or a teacher or a mentor or a boss that took a real interest in you. And so it's not those who are most visibly successful and get the most attention who are the most influential. It's the people who have helped make us successful. Mm. And Introverts are great at that. We're great at leading from behind, championing other people, championing the causes we feel passionate about. And we don't necessarily care if we're the ones out front. And we may not get as much attention. Like you said, that can even be really uncomfortable. But a lot of times throughout history, when you see transformation really happen, 
it comes from an introvert sort of quietly for years, just loving and serving well. And I appreciate my extrovert brothers and sisters and the boldness they bring and the ways they push me to take action faster sometimes and what they have to offer. But I never want us to underestimate the power of an introvert's influence, because I think it is a beautiful thing that happens a lot more often than we probably even know. Yeah. What do you think that... There is a little because there aren't a ton of books on this topic, and I love that you're you literally are calling it the powerful purpose of it, you know. And why do you think that is that kind of like myself as a kid, I wished I was different? Do you think it's do you think there's anything behind that? Like, why we kind of wish I, I would like to, you know, I, I remember having thoughts of man, I wish I loved being up on stage in front of everybody, but I don't, you know, like, what, why, why can I be more like that? So is there any kind of underlying lie we believe or something society tells us that tells us that's not very powerful? That's not very purposeful? Yeah, I think our culture as a whole leans a little more extrovert right now. That's not been the case throughout all of history. It's not even the case everywhere in the world. Like Finland, for example, I talk about in the book, it's actually a more introverted country and they keep getting voted the happiest country on the planet, which I think is so interesting. And there are other places in the world where introversion is a little more dominant. But in North American culture, extroversion is a little more prevalent. And so we just kind of naturally feel that pressure to conform a little more to those standards. But it's interesting because research shows that the population is basically split 50-50. When the Myers-Briggs did an extensive, it was like a 30-year survey they followed. And I think it was introverts are 50.7% of the population. Hmm. So it's literally almost right down the middle, which to me, again, says complimentary pairing, like God's doing something on purpose. That's neat. And so... You know, a hundred from year, years from now, who knows? It may flip and introversion may be a little more dominant. And the extroverts may be saying, I need to learn how to sit in solitude a little longer. But we just sort of happen to be in a time and place when when extroversion is a little more dominant. Yeah. And, you know, even as you were talking, it felt like the Lord reminded me it's a natural sin reaction for a lot of us is to want to be like somebody else, you know, because I have had Uh people tell me, man, you're such a deep thinker. I wish I would think deeply like you do, you know, and so they're essentially doing to me what I'm doing to them. And so it is just back to that self-awareness thing of, wait, no, this is how God wired me. Let's embrace it. Let's lean into it. Let's each be the best version of ourselves, and uh, then just compliment each other. So. Yeah. Um, So what would you say, um, what can help introverts or really anybody um, find what you call their sacred confidence? Well, sacred confidence, I think, is what you just expressed. It's embracing who God made us. And the starting place is just saying, you know what, we are all different. And that is a good thing that is designed by God and that he has created us exactly as we need to be for his purpose for our lives. And is it a fit for someone else's? Nope. But is it a fit for his, for us? Then yes. And so I think pausing and saying, how do I feel 
closest to God. And often that is similar to how do I feel closest to other people? Like I feel closest to other people when I have meaningful time with them, where we get to talk about important things or when we go on a walk together. That's very similar to how I feel close to God. Honestly, I don't always feel close to God in church. There's just too much going on. It's loud. It's crowded. I feel distracted you know, and for a long time, I felt really guilty about that. Or I didn't, I didn't necessarily want to go on a mission trip with 20 strangers or, and so I kept putting pressure on myself to be like, okay, this is what it looks like to love Jesus. I have to be different. I have to be different. And I finally realized like, no, God made us all unique. And are the, Are there things that I incorporate into my life, like gathering with other believers? Yes, but it's okay if I feel closest to God in other settings. And so I think giving ourselves and each other freedom to say connecting with God is not one size fits all. I have a crazy family story where our daughter came into our lives when she was 20. She now has two little kiddos because it's been seven years and you know, they connect with me in some really funny ways. My little granddaughter is obsessed with watching funny goat videos on YouTube. And all she wants to do is sit in my lap and watch goat videos. Which is weird. <laughs> and it completely delights me because she is the only person on the entire planet who wants to sit in my lap and watch goat videos. And I think when we are ourselves with God, when we connect with him in those ways that to us may seem different than other people, that that's what he feels to is delight in us. Like there's my Rachel, there's my Holly, there's my introvert, there's my extrovert being exactly who I made them to be and connecting with me. And so I think that's where sacred confidence comes from. That's when we say like the psalmist did, I praise you because you made me in an amazing and wonderful way. Mm-hmm. You just let some people off the hook, like for real <laughs> in a big way, because that is so people just need to hear that, that there's no one size fits all for that connection with God. And even what you mentioned about in church, I people might think I'm like super spiritual because I like close my eyes when I pray or I close my eyes for worship. No, it's just because I get distracted. <laughs> you know, I'm like, it's, yeah. I, I seriously have had moments where I'm like, I just have to close my eyes because I'm, there's way too much happening. And it's like, I'm not even thinking about God in that moment because I'm thinking about all the lights and the cameras and the, you know, all the things. And so, um, and then, yeah, I just love how you tie that up so beautifully and just how important it is to just be, be who God created us to be and to lean into those gifts that he's given us. Um, So I'm going to have two more questions for you as we wrap up today. And just as this, this message that you've written, it's not just for introverts, it's also for extroverts, because then they can kind of learn how that introvert in their life functions and how to best communicate with them. And what would be a word if somebody's listening today and they're going, well, I'm an extrovert, what would be a word that you could tell them to help them strengthen their relationship with their introvert friends or spouse or whoever? Yeah. Well, I think again, that question, just how can I love you well, but also some things that often surprise extroverts are if your introvert is being quiet, most likely it means they're content. Mm. A lot of times extroverts will assume something's wrong if someone's not talking when actually introverts, usually that means we're content, you know, so knowing that, and then also knowing that longer brain pathway does mean that we are going to need a little bit of time to process extroverts can see that as holding back and we're not holding back. We're warming up (laughs) like we're letting that, that brain pathway happen. And so if you see an introvert pause, 
especially in a setting like a meeting, then know that that means they're taking what you just said very seriously and they're giving thought to it because what you said matters a lot to them. Yeah. And so seeing it not as an expression of withholding, but of saying, wow, what you just said really matters to me. Yeah. Those are such practical tips. And I love that. And it's very true. And it makes me realize one thing about myself that used to bother me was I couldn't come back with quick comebacks. Like when people would be talking two days later, I would be like, oh, there's my answer, you know, (laughs) and it was because I had to think about it. And I was like processing it, if you will. And so that's very, very helpful for both introverts and extroverts on how they process and everything. So if somebody's listening today, and they're like, well, I don't even know what I am. um, What do you recommend? for them? What kind of tests or what can they do to figure it out? Yeah, well, none of us are 100% introvert or extrovert. And so I actually created a one minute quiz called what percent introvert are you that you can take free on my site, hollygirth.com. And it will give you a number. So I scored 96% introvert. And so you can go over there and find out how much of an extrovert do I have in me and how much introvert do I have in me and then which one is dominant. Yeah, we all love quizzes. So definitely check that out. And at the time of this airing, the book just released yesterday. And so I would love for you to tell them where they can buy the book. And also, don't you have some some goodies for them with the book? Yes, you can go to hollygirth.com slash introverts to get all the info on the book. And this is the very last few days for the bonuses when you order the book. So you'll get a class called Seven Ways to Thrive as an Introvert, an Introvert Streaks Assessment, and the audiobook version of The Powerful Purpose of Introvert. So I think that is exciting. I hope everyone will go over there before time runs out and get all those goodies. Perfect. Yeah. And if you guys are listening to this weeks later, don't worry, you can still purchase the book always. And um, the book is amazing. So you definitely want to get your hands on it. And um, Holly, is there any final words that you want to share with them before we leave today? I think let's just all be who God made us because we are better and stronger together. Awesome. Well, thank you again for coming on the show. And you guys also, I forgot to tell you, all those links that she just mentioned will be in the show notes. So um, you can just click there and go get all the goodies. Didn't you love that conversation with Holly? Be sure to take her quiz to learn your percent of introvert. And don't forget to sign up for Joymail, a monthly newsletter sure to bring some extra joy to your inbox. To be on that list, you can simply text the phrase Real Talk Giveaway to the number Four four two two two, or you can sign up directly on my website at rachelgilbert.com. All right, friends, that's all that we have for today. I pray this episode brought you one step closer to getting real, living free, and pursuing your God-given dreams. I'll see you back here next time on Real Talk with Rachel.